Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. I have to admit, I would rather still be on vacation. I totally agree. Quick show today, got a couple things we'll talk about and then we will talk about. And one of the things I did on uh, while we were on vacation was I sat in a uh, lounging chair and reflected, what do I want out of a slave or um, in relationships in general, but basically what right. do I look for when I'm looking for a slave? Mm-hmm. And uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about what people look for and what specifically I look for. Right. And um, how to find compatible power exchange partners. Nice. Uh, before we get there, though, um, boy, where to start? I, I do want to mention the um, we had a feedback from a listener that made that said, are, we make SM look like an ice cream sundae. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Some people might say, oh, well, I don't know, but I thought that was very nice. Now, is that the same person I just met for coffee? It is. Yesterday morning. So we had uh, podcast listeners from Canada. I almost said Canada. <laughs> from Canada come through yesterday morning. And um, I went and had breakfast with them and coffee, and they'll be running back through on Monday so on their trip. So you'll get to meet them as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to that, and um, that would be our longtime uh, listeners who found that the term stalker was not necessarily Though, always the most positive no, thing in the world. But when they introduced their their friends from that they were traveling with, they said, "This couple is your newest." Canadian stalkers. It's kind of so like the word slut. We are yeah. reclaiming it. As a matter of fact, we're going to come up with some. I gotta get Dottie from Needleplay Designs to make us some uh, erotic awakening stalker patches. <sighs> that would be so cool. I think so. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, so really interesting. We did a podcast some time ago about. Uh, uh, really, this was just a response to me, to my uh, dissatisfaction. Oh wait, this is my podcast. I'll say what the fuck I want. <laughs> Uh, being pissed off about it. there's a particular group on FetLife that's called This Is Not a Lifestyle. Right. Which, fine. I don't care what other people believe, but for some people it is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I, as we came back from the mm. Caribbean cruise, or the uh, Mexico cruise, uh, found out that one of our friends in the lifestyle had passed due to an auto accident. Right. And um, we were actually asked to officiate the funeral. Mm-hmm. So there's a cold splash in the face as you're returning from vacation. Yeah, that was like the first email that was uh, that was read once we got back into to main service. You know that she had that she had passed, and it was right after um, an educational meeting. Yeah, you know her whole um, community had been together. You know th- this group had been a group for a while and then had taken a hiatus and then everybody was excited because the group was back together and doing education and she had been there and it was actually kind of neat to hear 
you know, her her interaction with this group the night before she passed. Yeah. The um, the thing is, and we're not going to make it the funeral show, but the thing that no. stands out to me that I um, is that as we after we were done officiating the funeral, having her family members come up, and she probably had about ten family members mm-hmm. in the audience come up and say, "Wow, I had no clue Leanne had so many friends," because that uh, funeral hall was, was simply packed, packed with yeah. people that she knew, interacted with from the lifestyle. Uh, Dayton people, Columbus people. I mean, they, they, they were, up, I think there was some Cincinnati people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they had come from across the state. So, um, obviously a very sad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good, you know, reflection for some of us. This is a lifestyle. This Absolutely. Is not, this is more than just something, more than just games, more than just play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think, you know, if... Um, if ha, when I have a funeral, I would want yeah. there to be. I want people to dress their leathers or dress mm-hmm. however they interact with me in a normal fashion because that's why I want at, yeah, people that I actually. I tell you though, the, the the people that I've really touched in life, right? You know, there's some people here and there at work or in the community, blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. the people who have really impacted me and that I have impacted are mm-hmm. lifestyle people. They're people that I know via kink, via fetish, or via power exchange relationship, right? So there you go on that. There you go on that. Heartless. So and, you know, and so but you know what my my sister said. Hmm. Now I do have a sister that knows everything, and I've got family that doesn't. You know, and I'm okay with that. But uh, she told me I can't go first because then she has to explain it to everybody. <laughs> I'm not allowed to put her on the spot. You know, it's funny because you do hear people when they talk about planning for that kind of stuff. They're uh-huh. like, who is the friend that's job is to get to my house before anybody else with suitcases to pack my right. shit and get my toys out of there before grandma gets there? Yeah. And, you know, and that's a good thing to, to look at. And actually, you know, that would make a good topic for a show. You know, how do you? It, it's going to happen. You know, everybody is going to pass. Are you really worried about what people find in your house afterwards? I mean, yeah. for me, I'm to the I'm to the point now. The kids are older, mm-hmm. you know. So so whatever. I don't want them to come across it first, but they're they're kind of aware as as to what who we are. Not details. They don't want details, but um, I don't think anything would surprise them. It, it would they would just be red faced yes. <laughs> as they went through things. So you know, am I going to hide anything? Nah, not at this point. Yeah. So yeah. I, I totally agree. That's a reasonable topic for the show, uh, mm-hmm. for a future show. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, though, we have to talk about, among other things, the Eros gathering that we yes. had last night or night a few nights back this week. Today's Wednesday, so yeah. Uh, oh, we're recording on Wednesday. I just gave that away. Ooh. <laughs> so, but yes, Monday night we found um, that's our second meeting for Eros gathering, and basically what it is is um, some 101 sacred sexuality stuff. 101. For this point, you know, at this time, but there's a lot of people in the community that are interested in this subject, and there's really no place they can go unless they want to do some tantric training. Or though POTQ, the Path of the Kadisti, will be coming through Columbus in a little while, mm-hmm. but they're hungry now. So we did Eros gathering at one of the local stores for our first meeting, and that wasn't really conducive. We had about 30 people. That wasn't really conducive to what we're trying to do. So I can probably not mention her name on the podcast yet but um we were offered space at a massage studio mm-hmm. so and um, we did that and it was the low lighting and the oh the atmosphere was awesome and we had over 20 people 
at that one as well. So, and we talked about energy and what energy is and, you know, and how to be aware of it and how to use it and how to shield from it and how to project it and Mm -hmm. how to, you know, and just went over all that stuff. And it was really cool because we had people that uh, one guy described his attitude as pensive. He wasn't really sure what this was all about, but um, I think he's the one that was kind of like on your level where he talks about himself as an energetic barbarian, (sighs) must touch somebody, you know, can't do it from a distance. And, um, but he gave it a good try. All, and then um, we had a, people from every experience level all the way up to a couple of our POTQ teachers. Mm-hmm. So that was really kind of neat. Absolutely. And it's a great opportunity to, uh, ex- to not only share some of the stuff that we know about sacred sexuality, but get feedback from other people mm-hmm. and get their learnings as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I learned a couple of things that night that were shared. So, and to me, that's, that's the point. We want to learn some more as well because we don't have, our, our stuff is from experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and some training we've taken here and there and things like that, but we don't have a place that we can go either. Right. Unless we want to do the thousands of dollars of Tantra. (laughs) I I think I will do the, uh, the question of the day today. I'm going to Mm -hmm. kick back to the listeners and ask the listeners the question of the day. The question of the day that I ask you, Oh, listeners, is, you know, uh, for those of you that do delve or uh, consider yourself practitioners of sacred sexuality, whatever that means to you, mm-hmm. where do you get it from? How, what, what, how, where did you learn your skill or how were you trained? Or is it all from books? Is it from experience? Is it from expensive classes? Because uh, I would love to hear from some Tantra practitioners that say, look, man, I paid $3,000 and went to the thing in Hawaii mm-hmm. and it was worth every penny of it. Right. You know, because... and. Currently, I, I, I have a tendency to scoff when right. people charge that much money for sacred sexuality practice. But, yeah, if somebody says, yeah, I paid that much and it was completely worth it, then yeah, that will give us a fresh perspective. Right. So there's the listener, of the, the listener question of, of the, the day. day. Yay. Uh, and they can respond to that by either writing an email to danadawn at eroticawakening.com. Or going to the comment form on the webpage, which is www.eroticawakening.com. They could try and find us on Facebook, but it's Erotic Awakening as one word, and that makes it tricky. Mm-hmm. Or FetLife, which is Erotic Awakening, two words. Or finally, the tweeter, which is uh, <laughs> Dan and Dawn. And as we found recently, someone had tweeted about us on the tweeter. Yes, So, and um, that was what, Passionate You? Yes, it was Passionate You. Some time back, we recorded the... Uh, so we do a, a wonderfully fun flirting class. Yes. And we went to a, a particular place at a particular time, and they recorded that flirting class, and they put it out there on Passionate You. Now, that is a paid site. You have to pay, uh, I don't know, 10 or $20 a month. Something like that. To become a member. But then you're, you're able to access thousands of different classes that are outlined. You know, it's like instead of... If, if you can't go to our flirting class, mm-hmm. you say, oh, wow, I wish you guys would put it on some kind of a video. Well, right. There you go. There you go. And Passionate You is, uh, my understanding is, it's geared more towards vanilla folk, which is why the flirting fits in there. But mm-hmm. we do talk about lifestyle flirting in there as well. So, but just, just a little bit. Do we? We do. So just, yeah, just because it's us. So, you know, so there's a flirting at passionate you. And of course we have a couple of videos at kink Academy as well. Yeah. Um, and one day we'll get our shit together and give you a website that will give us some kind of affiliate link of some sort. But right now (laughs) we don't make, we like kink Academy, go give them money. Um, so since we're giving our listeners things to do, I'm going to give Mm -hmm. them something else to do. Okay. Oh, listener. uh, (laughs) 
All four of you. Oh, listener. <laughs> you forgot the S. You know what? We have currently met in the first... 50 or 60 shows, we used to go on that we only had four listeners. Right. I think at this point we have met 40 listeners so far. Oh, easily. So far. And some that just recognize us from our voice that track us down when we're at an event. So, But I know we have more than four. We have at least three. Because like I said, I met them for coffee yesterday. <laughs> That's a good point. Just because you were a listener in the past doesn't mean that you are a listener now. So our numbers might be declining. I'm not sure how I feel about that. So for the three listeners we have left, um, we need you to head over to uh, kitty-sweetsurrender.blogspot.com, and I will put that link in our showy notes. Um, and I want you guys to go look at that site and tell us what you think of it via the email, via whatever method you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I went over there, so I, I first found those guys, and I said, hey, let's do a little... Uh, how about putting a link to Erotic Awakening on there? We're into the same kind of stuff. And the person said, yeah, I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the stuff, some of the posts, this is why I want the listener feedback. There's one particular post that came to mind uh, called Submissive Sham that okay. I read and that says, you know, I think that um, that's a great example of how people do power exchange in a variety of different ways. Okay. A variety of different ways. Yes. Do you now, mean like... No. In, in, no, no. In this case, um, the person who writes the blog... Okay. ...posted an incident that happened in their lives and how her uh, dominant responded to that mm-hmm. and the whole story. And I'm reading the comments to it. And the comments are going like, oh, you poor girl. And oh, boy, I've had that happen. Or mm-hmm. oh, da-da-da-da-da-da. Right? And I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm sitting there looking at that and going, uh, how differently I would have responded in that situation. Right. Not to imply my way is right, wrong, good, bad, correct, incorrect. Mm -hmm. But it was a great uh, recognition that there's some, you know, even though we all identify as being in a power exchange relationship, how we do things differently. Right. I don't want to color anybody's opinion any further oh, than that. Oh, okay. So listeners, you head on out to uh, kitty-sweetswender-blogspot.com and either you, you can look for the submissive sham post to specifically, or just look at the site in general and say, you know what, this is exactly how I do power exchange. Thanks for turning me on to it. Or, um, yeah, I've got, you know, I, I don't do power exchange in, in this way. Here's how I am different. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might just say, hey, Dan, thanks for turning me on to the site because look at all the hot pics. Nice. Man, there's a lot of hot pics on there. Uh, there's one uh, woman in a lap on the floor, bent over thing. You'll have to go see it. That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and regardless, thank you to uh, that particular site for putting a little link to our show out there. Indeed. So, but you know what? While you were saying that, I had this little flash of how we do power exchange. Uh-huh. You know, and we've had our really hardcore phases. We've had our, you know, things, you know, different things we've tried as we've grown. And uh, right before the weekend started, we went to Indy for the weekend. We, mm-hmm. we forgot to talk about that a little bit. So we, we did, did some field research on our uh, slutty sex um, yes. <laughs> workshop. But, you know, right before we went to leave, you told me something and I said no. And and I kind of looked at me saying no. And luckily, you know, we've been doing this for a long time that I changed. 
<laughs> my response into a, you know, it, it wasn't a if it pleases you sort of right. response, but it kind of had that sort of energy to it, you know. If you were asking me and I was allowed to answer, here's the answer I would have, I think yeah. is how I, I came like across, because you had turned around with that look <laughs> of there's fun and games, but right. there's times that, you know, you've got the say-so. I yeah. mean, you always have the say-so, but you know what I mean. But there's times where we're more, I think the, the term that comes to my mind is more casual about it. Casual, yes. Um, and that's really been inter- interesting growth in our relationship. There's, you're right, there's times where it's been more formal and more stiff. And mm-hmm. I think right now that our power exchange is very clear, but it's also very, it's mostly casual. I, right. You know, because you know me well enough that most of the stuff's getting done. Mm-hmm. I don't have to... Uh, um, manage you very much right and it was it was really interesting to hear you go no <laughs> and i have to admit that it's i just sat with that for a minute going what i'm not used to that was it was it even a minute yeah before i was going oh i don't think that's gonna go over too well it was it was less than a minute trust me um, and, and so this is one of the things that we'll talk about when, when, I, when I talk about what do I look for. Mm-hmm. Because there's a great, you know, this great juxtaposition between the different styles. And again, you know, looking at this, the way that people on the, the blog producer or the kitty sweet surrender, surrender. does. Um, and now I feel like we should talk about it more. But again, I don't want to color anybody's judgment. Right. And I definitely don't want to say it's right or wrong. I want you mm-hmm. guys to go out there and look and say, yep, that's me. Or nope, mm-hmm. that's not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll awesome. hold on to all that good stuff uh, as we get to our topic. I do want to mention really quickly before we get there, we have a horse cock coming in the mail. And I don't know <laughs> what that means, but I'm scared. And hopefully we'll get it before we head off to Beat Me in St. Louis. Actually, they're, they're giving it to us at Beat Me. Oh. Yeah. Giving it to us. Should we bring a horse trailer? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is actually on Dawn's hard limits. <laughs> yes, that is one of your few, few hard limits. Um, so we'll find out what a horse cock is, because I'm thinking it's not what we think it is. <laughs> oh, you know what? On a side note, if you like that Mad Libs thing. <gasps> yes. I went out to uh, the Beat Me Out St. Louis uh, FetLife group, mm-hmm. and I created a little Mad Libs it's fun too. <laughs> well, so go check that out, our listeners, if you like playing the Mad Libs. Um, wow. So that's what we're doing. We've, we've done uh, Eros. We've done Passionate You, Beat Me, Horsecock. Of course, there's other things that we're doing. Yeah. I, I do want to mention really quick, though, before we get into our topic, um, that I, I said a while ago, hey, send me a, um, pictures of boobies or food. Mm-hmm. And I really expected that people would just keep sending in tentacle sex pictures. <laughs> but you know what's funny is we're not getting any more tentacle sex pictures. It's we're all not. boobies everybody's, all the way. Everybody's sending boobies at this point. Maybe they've sent me all the tentacle pictures. I kind of doubt that. I kind of doubt that too. <laughs> but, um, and I, I will pronounce it correctly this time, Bungie and Girlie sent me some pictures. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that a couple episodes ago that I couldn't actually see them. Well, now I've seen them all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and more than just about boobies, actually. Oh, yeah. I know girls pretty well at this point. I think I could um, uh, uh, identify her. Uh, in a dungeon, maybe. Not in a crowd, because she'd be wearing clothes in a crowd. <laughs> well done. Well done. So, and you know what's neat? It's Bungie, right? Yeah. And uh, But you're a Bungie, too. You I should am. read that story sometimes. I, I am a Bungie as well. He explained to me, A, that I mangled his name, which... Par for the course. 
Um, and that the the actual history of what a bungee is, and that because mm-hmm. I'm a, a naval Williams, I too am a bungee. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't know it. And I didn't know it. And I tell you, it's, it's just a strange thing to say. Could you imagine being called bungee? Bungee is. Bungie? Oh, Bungie's called Bungie, and his well, son's called Bungie, but yeah, it's just, I, not a name I associate with you. Bungie, 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 no. no. <laughs> master Bungie. He may be a Master Bungie. I bet you get used to it. Master Bungie. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Stop saying Bungie! <laughs> You've said Bungie too it's many cool. times. It's cool, it's cool. See, you know that's what? why it's a great nick, because damn if we'll ever forget that now. Exactly, exactly. And you know, we do have two more projects going on. So, two more? Two more. And, oh, my um, God. We got the huge one, and then we got the little one. And, well, the little one's not so little, but compared little. to the huge one, yeah. Well, I guess they are. But um, one of them almost started this Friday. Yes. We, we mentioned in the last episode that we were going to be on the Sirius radio coming mm-hmm. up. And we're still knocking down the times, and currently it's March 16 tentatively. But as you were saying, they, uh, as of like three day, two day, one day Yesterday. Ago, yeah. <clears throat> They're saying, can you do your first show in two days? It's like, uh, no, actually, we're busy. <laughs> Weddings, out of town, all that good stuff. So hopefully the 16th, as we know more, we'll let you know more. Yeah, but that's, that's coming along. Um, and looking forward to that. That's going to be a nice new experience for us. Turn on, turn on. I don't know if any of our listeners actually have serious radios or XM radios. I don't know. It's all the same thing now, I think. Is it? Can they listen to podcasts through it? I don't know. If not, they may not listen to it because they're listening to our podcast. So, but then the other huge project, the other huge project, there's things coming along with that. So that are really, really, really neat. So, and uh, part of me is like, oh, we shouldn't mention it every show, but yes, we should. Yes, we should. It's coming up fast. It's the first weekend of June. So, and that's the Power Exchange Summit. And we do have some, um, I'm excited about it because we have some sponsorship packages that have been sponsored. So we've got some uh, great people in Canada that um, I really need to get permission to use people's names so, yes. <laughs> and, and let them know I'm giving them shout outs. But we do have someone from Canada that bought the um, Founders Package, mm-hmm. and we do have someone else, a group in Detroit, that is, has got the Friends Package. And, you know, and anybody can get these packages to help support the, um, the event. So, well, yeah, because one of the things we wanted to do with the event was instead of just us running an event and saying, here, we're it's our event, we're going to run it. Um, we said, how can we involve other people directly? Mm-hmm. Give them some. I mean, some people and we're absolutely totally cool. Most people want to, hey, I want to buy my ticket and come to the classes right. and come to the social. Things, absolutely. And that's what I want to do. I want to make a vacation out of it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Other people are like, I want to be directly involved. I want to mm-hmm. feel some sense of ownership. So we've created a couple different things to allow people to do that. And that's part of our staff as well. So our staff has that feeling as well, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then we have the packages, the hospitality stuff. And, you know, it's going really, really well. I am amazed at the support. We just got an email yesterday from somebody coming in from Hawaii. That's kind of um, amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I I have to admit I was pretty wild on that. Yeah, one. Um, and and they were like, actually they said, hey, we're, you know, we're gonna start we're starting in Hawaii, then California, then we we're thinking about driving up there. Do you have mm-hmm. any advice on how to do that? And I was like, wow, 
Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody has any advice, advice of how to get from San Francisco to Columbus, um, I'm not exactly sure what he was asking, except maybe uh, hotel recommendations or anything like that. We've never done it. No. I have no clue <laughs> how to help him out. Absolutely. I've never done that. The, uh, all right. So there's that. Um, onward Ho. Um, Although you, you should mention that if you want to get involved in Power Exchange Summit, then mm-hmm. head over to powerexchangesummit.org and yes. get involved. Um, it is, by the way, the um, because it's our first year doing the event, we've made it uh, incredibly inexpensive. Cheap. I didn't want to use the word cheap. Oh, inexpensive. sorry. Inexpensive, yes. Um, a bargain. A bargain, yes. A bargain. So, But do you realize that um, the cutoff for early bird tickets is coming up soon? I did not realize that. Yeah. So it is, if I remember right, it's the end of this month. What so, do people who listen to the podcast in July feel about the fact that they completely missed everything oh, we're talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dawn, today we are going to be talking about uh, what people look for in a slave and uh, what a slave can do to be ready. And you uh, are going to share the slave resume with us. I am. But I thought I would start off by talking about, as we mentioned, you used to, recently you and I went on this cruise, mm-hmm. and I did a little reflection on what I'm looking for in a slave. Now, right. although you and I identify as polyamorous, I don't mm-hmm. identify as a harem owner. No. Between uh, And when we talk about MS, you pretty much fulfill all the things that I need a slave to do. Oh, thank you. You you take care of the administrative things that Mm -hmm. I need. Uh, You take care of service things, and you take care of my cock. Yes. Quite happily. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So I have no actual needs. Mm -hmm. But, you know, on the other hand, and then we have, I have slave Jim as well, who doesn't play a large role in our life right now. Right. As we've mentioned before, she's into her own life and doing things, doesn't live local, um, She's creating her life right now yeah. as well. So, yes. And add on to that, you know, I have to mention that I also have the relationship with Karen. Mm-hmm. And we've been, I've been seeing her for about five years now. And if I ever want to see a movie that you're not interested in or that kind of stuff, I can do that with Karen. Not really on topic for today, though. Right. But again, just another su- suggestion that I don't really have any needs in my mm-hmm. life. But. I sat there and I said, well, am I open to having new slaves? So uh, some people look for a new slave because they don't have, they have a need. Right. Right. Other people um, just want more slaves. Mm -hmm. Or it's beneficial to have more slaves, whether that means um, physically or mentally or emotionally or... Um, you know, any kind of level like that. So maybe you like training. Maybe you like... You know, just maybe there's an empowerment from mm-hmm. bringing another person into your life for however long. And, of course, you know, the, I'm sure that there's someone in, in our uh, five or six listeners right now thinking, well, what? That's not fair. Can a slave have more than one master? The answer uh, is, good question. Yeah. <laughs> or more than one master or more than one mistress, more than one owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea, yeah, well, the answer is yes. We know a few people here and there that have that situation on their profile. Right. I'm sure it's friends of friends. Right. I'm sure it's more complicated, though. I mean, I'm actually um, got someone that I'm just going out to dinner with right now. And Mm -hmm. and he wanted to know if he could give me orders because he very much respects our protocol. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. We have not 
run into that situation before. Right. So there's a, um, I believe there's a higher level of protocol. There's some more hoops to jump with two masters. You know, they got to figure out who's in charge mm-hmm. of what or, you know, whatever. I think it's simpler to, ha- to be a master with more slaves. I would think so as well, except for the fact I would be the master, and that's just more work for me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> if you are, uh, oh, listeners, if you are listening and you are in a position where you are the slave of or the property of multiple owners, give us a holler. We'd like to talk to you because I'd like Absolutely. to see how that works. I'd like to see how it works. I really would. I'd like to sit down and, and to see if there's just, there's really one top dog or, you know, if it's a 50-50 or 80-20 mm-hmm. or if they figured out something totally different that I don't understand yet. Mm-hmm. So, cool. So, um, so I wanted to read a little bit of the reflecting that I did personally. And so here's what I'm going to say. If you are a master and you're looking for a slave or a mm-hmm. top looking, well, I'm not going to use the term top because no. we, we're talking about power exchange right. dynamics. And so top a dom, would be more of a play thing. Right. Yeah. So a dom or a mistress or a potential owner mm-hmm. or however you want to identify the... Um, Capital letter capital letter type. Uh, I would start off by doing a little reflecting, a little journaling, so to speak, and decide mm-hmm. what it is that you're really looking for. Because just like any relationship, if you don't identify what you need or right. want, you're not going to get what you need or what you want. Right. And with, um, with these style of relationships, we're really able to design and reflect on what it is we want to create in our lives. So, you know, it'd be nice if more people did that with marriage, but Marriage comes with its own baggage and mm-hmm. its own expectations, so people don't actually think of that ahead of time. Most people. I think people are getting better at it, especially in our age group, but yeah. Well, we've, and we've often shared one of the benefits of this kind of relationship, power exchange relationship, is that it is a fantasy relationship. You should mm-hmm. be creating it with eyes wide open. Right. And say, so here's the kind of relationship that I'm, I'm trying to create. Mm-hmm. Um, now... The flip side to all that is there's got to be some flexibility. Right. I've met somebody new recently who surprised me by showing an interest in me. Mm-hmm. And they don't really fit any mold that I currently have. Right. Right. So uh, will they be a potential slave? Probably not. Will they play a role in our life? Perhaps so. Who mm-hmm. knows? But neither here nor there. Let's stick with the old finding a slave. <laughs> so here's some of the writing that I did, some of the journaling that I did just as an example. First off, I had to understand that I am open open to owning a new slave, mm-hmm. but I don't need or want one. I have no actual needs right now. I'm not looking for a slave because, oh, I need someone to suck my cock more often than it sucked. <laughs> or because I need a chauffeur to drive me around. Mm-hmm. Or because I need a slave that is skilled in electronics to be a producer of the podcast. <laughs> um, need, yeah. To I, pet you know, the cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but what I did recognize is that I am open to owning a, say, uh, a slave for service or some other focused area simply because there's always room in my life for good service. Mm-hmm. And it would be of bad benefit to me and benefit to both of us to have an, a service or a focus, area focused slave or even a general purpose slave right. around the house. And by around the house, I mean... In our life. Right. Now, we have the spare room, and if we had a situation where somebody wanted to move in and serve 24-7... Is negotiable and a maybe. <laughs> a negotiable maybe. I mean, it depends on the situation. Right. Um, yeah. Let's not go there yet. 
The other aspect for my personal seeking or personal open to having a new slave is because I like training and I'm good at it. Um, I feel that I'm an accomplished master and that I am skilled in a variety of training protocols and different communities and slave development as a tool for mm -hmm. human development. Um, so I feel like, in my opinion, I am skilled at this. Right. At being a master, at leading somebody, at helping develop mm -hmm. someone as a slave. And there's a lot of people out in the community that do things in a different way. Right. That do things in a way that I find not to be the way I would do things. For example, <laughs> oh, so you want to be a slave? Well, get over here and uh, suck my cock and hand over all your financial money to me. Mm -hmm. And I have, and your growth has nothing to do with anything. And I'm just going to abuse you for my own needs. And that's what being a slave is. Right. I don't personally view the power exchange dynamic to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like if I'm going to talk the talk that this is the the way I feel it should be done that I should be willing to put in the effort to assist people in that path you know um, it's like that uh, I, and I really don't want to go here but it's like that fucker Rush, Rush Limbaugh right <laughs> he'll get on the radio show and say here's the way you should do it here's the way you should do it here's the way you should do it well shut the it, the opposite of that mm -hmm. was Al Franken, who got on a radio show back when uh, the liberals had a, or Democrats had a radio show for a little while. And he said, he was like the anti-Rush Limbaugh. And he said, here's the way you should do it. Here's the way you should do it. Here's the way you should do it. Well, Al shut the fuck up. Right. And he ran for office. And now he's a congressman doing those things. Right. right? Rush shut the fuck up and go run for office if you know the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so part of that philosophy is the, you know, don't tell other people how to do it. Just go do it. Right. So there's that part. So all that's about as a master or as a top capital letter type, the first thing you want to do is determine why, what you're looking for and why you're looking for it. Do you just mm -hmm. want someone, do you just want, and this is a, something that people, um, I've seen more and more on FetLife is that the power exchange relationships are considered styles of romantic relationships mm -hmm. and it's fine and wonderful we have a romantic relationship we do identify that as something that you want or need as part of what you're looking for in a slave because the idea of having someone who can serve me as a in a power exchange dynamic and someone who has a romantic inclination to me mm -hmm. might be two different things right right if i need them both then i need to be clear about understanding that so, well, and it's good to understand what it is you're looking for, because as a submissive or a slave, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you to define some words. What does submissive mean to you? What does slave mean to you? And if you've already done the reflection, mm -hmm. you're going to know what that means to you, you know, and, and it could shift de depending on the situation. But if I come in and say, okay, so I'm slave and it means this to me, or I'm sub and it means this to me, this is what I'm looking for, because I think... I wonder, coming at it from the sub side, if we have more of an idea of what it is we're looking for than a master does. Mm -hmm. I wonder. I, I don't know because, you know, I've, um, I've only had you as a master and I had no clue what it was I was looking for when I came in except that feeling. And I liked it when you did this and I liked it when you did that. And let's go for it. I mean, mm -hmm. it took us a while to define things and what we were looking for in our power exchange relationship. So, see, I wonder if 
slave crave mm-hmm. prevents you or would prevent a pot. So the idea of slave crave is that now that you found it, you You'll just want it, want it, want it. Right. Um, do you think that limits? Do you think that's what a slave really needs to develop what they're looking for before before they find anyone, so that when the slave crave hits, they still have some navigation through that? Maybe, maybe. Though I, you know, I'd really have to look at that. It would be nice if we could figure out what it is we want ahead of time. I wonder if we do on some level because we've had to have come across fantasy stuff somewhere, and that's what we want. But um, yeah, when slave crave hits, it seems all bets are off. Yeah. We're willing to, uh, even if we've figured out what it is we want, we're willing to uh, settle for whatever we can find mm-hmm. <laughs> just to get some needs met. So that doesn't usually work out too well. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of what a, a capital letter type might want to develop as they're trying to find a submissive or a slave, whatever terminology they're going to use, is to take a look at some, and we talk about it as a couple looking at needs, wants, and desires, mm-hmm. but as an individual, look at your needs, wants, and desires. Mm-hmm. I've already talked about, I don't really need anything right now. Right. I have no needs in my life. Wants, um, yeah, and then desires, meh, yeah, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. And to understand, you know, if you're looking for someone and you want somebody that's 24-7 that lives with you, make sure that's a need. Mm-hmm. Understand, um, and one of the things that really struck me is, I need, you know, when I, we talk about, I want to know what your hard limits are and hard limits being things that you have no negotiation around. These are simply the way things are. A lot of people will say, well, I have a hard limit, no kids, no scat and no dead people. Right. You know, those things are not negotiable. I don't care what kind of master you are. I do not want those things will not be part of my life. Right. Um, one of the things that you might want to develop is what are your hard, What are the hard limits that you require? What are the limits you require around time? Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're if you find a slave who has four children, right. they're going to have sla- They're going to have time limitations mm-hmm. based on the children, right? Right. And you- well, you had um, a slave before that also had a hard limit around finances. Mm-hmm. She was independent. She was, you know, had her own financial situation, her own job, her own bills, paying for her kids' college. Made more money than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, that was something that was a hard limit. So. Kids and finances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some people, it's schooling, you know? And, and, you know, this is going to be different for everybody. And I know some people are going to say, ooh, master slave, there shouldn't be any limits. Well, this is also reality. So, yeah, there are absolutely some relationships where there are no limits like that. Right. But with, um, with what you're looking for and what you're designing, there, you, you can set limits at the beginning, especially if you're negotiating as peers before you start into a sure. power exchange relationship. Now, we, we can talk a little bit about the, the limits aspect to mm-hmm. it as well, because not only in my reflections, I did this whole master-slave, what do I look for in a slave? Right. I also did a reflection on the owner-property aspect of it, and mm-hmm. I define owner-property a little bit different. In, 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 in my perspective, property exists different from a slave, there is far less negotiation, discussion as peers before the relationship is formed. Mm-hmm. I don't, and it, it's, it's, this is more of a tricky situation because I don't recommend, you know, you've got to have a very ethical owner for right. this style of relationship. Uh, a good hearted person, even if they are just going to be your, you know, owner and uh, because there is less negotiation Again, in this case, I'm talking about for me. Right. So for property, um, the really the only thing I need 
is the hard limits, again, broken out by sexual play and time. And beyond that, at the point that you're comfortable mm-hmm. with each other, it's property time. Right. Well, you know, are you going to go to beat me in St. Louis? If it doesn't conflict with your time mm-hmm. limits, it's go because I want you to go. And if you're not going to go, it's because I don't want you to go. Right. Simple as that. And we keep it very simple. Um, in the difference to me, and you say, well, that sounds like the way you would treat a slave. But mm-hmm. the, the difference to me is that part of the equation for me is, will it benefit the slave to go to beat me in St. Louis? Right. Granted, it may not be my number one priority, mm-hmm. but it's something that I'm going to look at. For example, if uh, I have a slave who's particularly interested in um, towel animals. Right. <laughs> right. How to make towel animals like we had on the cruise ship. And there's somebody teaching that in St. Louis. Right. I might allow that to be part of my decision-making process, whether the slave goes with me or not. Mm-hmm. The property is a little more, it's much more instinctive and it's much more, to be honest, much more of a selfish decision. Okay. Right. What's more important to me, for you to be able to make towel animals or for somebody to be here at the apartment feeding and caring for the cat? Right. you know, what's more important to me mm-hmm. to have taken care of? So to that, there's a difference there. Right. I can see that. Now, one of the things that would be very useful for me is if someone came to me and said... Um, I love the smell of Lysol. No. <laughs> you're in. Here's the spare room. Here's the key. Congratulations. Uh, no, if they had some kind of a resume that they could hand me saying, yes. here are the skills that I have. Here's the things that I'm about. Mm-hmm. And you actually, one of the tests that we talked about was you creating a slave resume. Right, right. And I actually got this idea from somebody else. Um, I was on a servant's retreat and um, they, they suggested a slave resume. And I, I truly love the idea. And um for a couple of different reasons, and one is because sometimes submissives or slaves uh, forget that they have a lot to offer, mm-hmm. whether they're newbies or whether they've been in for a long time. Um, it, when you're starting a new dynamic, you can it, it kind of takes you back to the beginning of yourself sometimes. So you can have um, self-esteem issues, you know, and th- things like that. Actually, a resume is going to help you pull out of that sort of thinking. You know, and you can look at just how beneficial you are to someone. And I really like the way it's broke down because it starts off with objective. What is your objective? What are you looking for in a relationship? And I'm actually going to have to um, come up with a couple of resumes because I think I would like to write one that is me and you focused. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what am I looking for? What do I have to offer? Just as an exercise, You know, what is it that I, because sometimes we've been in this relationship for so long that it's like, well, what do I have to offer? You know, am I, am I what's left sort of thing? And when I start writing everything out, it's like, oh my God, look at all the stuff that I'm already doing. Now, have you written your slave resume? I have, but it's still not to, um, as developed as I'd like it to be because I really followed her style Uh and I'd really rather would. Now that I've done that, I want to redo it into my style. Okay. But um, one of the things that I worry with this version of the resume, like I said, where it's all encompassing, you know, me and you, which would be very different than if I was looking for a dom, not a master, but a dom uh, as a secondary. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
Okay, so like for the objective, you know, because it's for me and you, I can put in my objective is service and sexual. So, and I can put in a couple of things like that. Um, the objective, I'm fed by a power exchange dynamic that involves rewards, punishments, and being pushed in my growth as a slave and compassionate human. So, you know, I can put things like that in the objective. It's actually kind of scary when I list all the qualifications because I think if another potential master looked at this, they're either going to look at it and go, woohoo, you know, I don't have to do a lot of training. Or they're going to look at it and go, oh, my God, I have a lot of retraining to do. So <laughs> I've got um, the objective. I've got earned stations, titles, and positions. So right now I've got a first girl of House Meta, 2010 GLL slave, co-host of Erotic Awakening, national presenter, co-author of MS Books, event co-producer, and licensed clergy. You know what? You would have to have a pretty confident dom. I would. To look at that and say, oh, I'd like to take this on. Exactly. Well, then I've got qualifications, you know, and it says uh, the earn stations above speak of my many skills, which I've attained, um, which are not limited to household skills. So, and then there's boot black, morning prep, evening retirement prep, pressing skills, packing skills. You know, those are all like household skills. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I want to redo this into my style. And then um, I list out business management skills, alternative clergy skills, life coach skills. You know, yeah, there's, there's a lot in there. So, and then there's health and limits. Mm -hmm. And then there's memberships of which clubs so, so it is very much like a real it is grown very up much resume. right, right. I so, wonder if people would. I wonder if someone receiving that would be offset. <clears throat> um, I think. What if they'd be scared off? I. That's why I would have to do a second one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of pairs that down a little bit of what I would be offering, you know, now, God's forbid, you know, you and I broke up or something like that. This is what I would be using, mm -hmm. you know, the whole encompassing thing, unless I was just looking for something specific, you know, I could be looking for something minute within this right? and break it out into something smaller. So, and you know, what's, what's funny is that when I put in a job resume, mm -hmm. I look at the job first. Right. And then I modify my resume to suit. Absolutely. You know, to, to not to suit the job, but to highlight areas of interest that mm -hmm. I think are compatible with the job. Right. But like with, but as a master, oh, you're open to a couple of different possibilities. You've got yeah. a couple of different jobs open. So when I put in my resume of this is what I have to offer, you're looking at the resume and then looking at the positions and being open enough to creating a new position if it mm -hmm. matches what you want. So that can be a little difficult in this. So, and, <clears throat> and you've actually, the last person we had in service for a little while, um, she would come into the house and you asked her, what do you have, what skills do you have to offer? Mm -hmm. And that can throw people for a loop for a moment because as a slave, don't you want to mold me into what you want? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Everybody comes in with skills already created. Yeah, I, I would say, though, for myself, I find both appealing. Mm -hmm. um, in that situation that you're referring to, I would have 
love to have utilized this person's skills better, and I really didn't get what their skills were. So the resume right. would have been great. Right. On the other hand, having somebody come in with a resume of being uh, breathes regularly. Yes. And that's all, you know, <laughs> having no skills, that would be valuable as well. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I'm, uh, currently at work, I'm trying to find somebody to work, you know, mm -hmm. to fill a hole at work. And I told my boss, look, last time we brought in somebody who was highly skilled right. and whose resume was four pages long. Right. I, I don't want that person. I want somebody whose resume is, I worked at Best Buy, mm -hmm. and I would really love an opportunity to do, you know, and, right. let, and we'll train them from scratch. Right. Because what I really want out of an employee, mm -hmm. or more so out of a slave, mm -hmm. is loyalty right. and desire. Right. You give me that, and we can, put, we can make the rest of it work. Absolutely. So I can see that. So I will say, if anyone is still listening to this particular episode, um, I did put these reflection, relationship reflections out on the FetLife, and the responses I've gotten so far was uh, two people say, oh, I wish I lived closer, mm -hmm. which is either a very <laughs> sweet thing to say or not. Uh, yes, you may have a respectable crush on me to one of the responses to Ooh. that post. Um, <laughs> Too bad we don't do long distance, so, because yeah, they're cuties. No, we absolutely don't do long distance. Um, anything else? I, I think I've got this one pretty I, comfortable. I, pretty yeah, covered. Pretty, pretty covered on this one. So, though I will say, even though my resume seems um, daunting, mm -hmm. you know, there's always room for improvement. There's always <clears throat> clean slate areas in there. And, you know, and we know of a couple up in Cleveland that um, he was brand new. The Dom, mm -hmm. and she was very much of the community and out in the community and had a lot oh, of training yeah, and yeah. had another master and had been under us for a little while and things like that. Yeah, he had to be very confident and look at himself, and um, it's growing. And it became quite the love story. Absolutely. i tell you one other thing <clears throat> that would be okay to see on a resume mm -hmm. was, you know, I've got no skills and no qualifications, right? but I'm being mentored by Slave Dom, yes. or I'm being mentored by so-and-so mm -hmm. peer. Right. And that, to me, would speak volumes that you're like, okay, good. That would be fantastic as well. Absolutely. Let's knock out an in bump. All right. Trans Camp Out in Walton, West Virginia, is offering an exclusive deal to all EA podcast listeners. If you use the promo code TCO2012 underscore Erotic Awakening, You'll receive 15% off of the cost of the event. Check it out at www.transcampout.org. Oh, and always a fun time there. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? Make a donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners around the world. What, what a, a bargain. bargain. <laughs> Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Did you know you could buy the highly acclaimed book Living MS or Sex Stories and Power Exchange by Dan and Don or support them by buying Erotic Awakening t-shirts, messenger bags, or, or coffee mugs? All items can be found by simply visiting the Shop and Support page of the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing effort, education, effort of, goes right into my reading skills and Erotic Awakening, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs> Thank you.